The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another Tiger football podcast. Back just like the Memphis football team is back in the AAC West race. Um, I'm Mark Giannato, the CA sports columnist. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer, and Jason Munns, our producer, jack of all trades, and just a general good guy. Thanks, um, thanks man. Yeah, no problem. He's a real good fella, if you know what I mean. I, I'm the Italian one here. I don't, you know, yeah. Munns is from Natchez, Mississippi. Or... We, we can be Paisano for now, huh? Okay. Okay. All right, well, um, Memphis is coming off a nice win over Tulsa, maybe one of its most complete performances of the year, if not its most complete performance of the year. But the big news is Memphis has won, Memphis has won two straight games, Houston has lost two straight games, and all of a sudden there is a real possibility that Memphis could achieve what people predicted it would achieve before the season. It could win the AAC West Division and go to the AAC Championship game. Um, they're 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Houston, SMU, and Tulane are 4-2. and two. Obviously, Memphis has SMU and Houston to close the year. Um, so, Evan, you've done some extensive research on, on what needs to happen. So, take the listeners through... What are these tiebreaker scenarios for Memphis? How can they win the AAC West over the next two weeks? All right. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Most important thing is Memphis needs to win these next two games. Beat SMU, beat Houston. But more important, they need Houston to beat Tulane this week. Now, if that happens, here's our tiebreaker scenarios. Houston beats Tulane. Tulane beats Navy. Memphis wins out. There could be a three-way tie with Houston, Tulane, and Memphis. If that happens, it goes to the best divisional record among the teams, according to the AC tiebreaker rules. And since each team has two division losses, it goes to who has the best record against the fourth-place team, which would be SMU. Memphis wins out. They tie to get the West. Next scenario. Let's say we have a three-way tie with Memphis, Houston, SMU. It goes to who has the best record against the other other two teams. Memphis beating SMU in Houston, that allows Memphis to win. Third scenario, if it's a four-way tie. Now, I know people were kind of asking me, saying, you know. Ooh, a four-way. Oh, are you right about this? Are you sure about this four-way tie here? Like, the total chaos. If all four teams are tied, which could happen. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy, but here's how it could happen. So, listen closely. It goes to best, um, make sure I look at this right. It goes to a team that has a loss to the two other teams. Houston would have lost to Memphis and SMU. They're eliminated. Tulane would have lost to SMU and Houston. They're eliminated. So that means Memphis and SMU would remain tied. Memphis went head-to-head. Memphis is your AAC West champion. So those are the three. Just give it to them now. Crown them. (laughs) Those are the three big ones. Obviously, if Memphis and Houston are tied and Memphis wins out, Here's my question. What if Tulane beats Houston today? Is it over or on Thursday? If Tulane wins, pretty much. Is there a way for Memphis to win out with Tulane? Like if Tulane beats 
Houston on Thursday, but then loses its final game against Navy, is it? Is yep, there yeah. would there be it would they not would Memphis there's no way there's no way there'd be a three way tie? Because obviously Memphis, if they're in a two way tie with Tulane, loses that tiebreaker because of their loss to them. Right. Memphis needs Houston to be in the three way tie, otherwise it doesn't work. Because if it's Memphis, SMU and Tulane, then SMU would win because it has a better gotcha, division record. Sense. So so if Houston I got you. So if Houston loses to Tulane but the only way they'd be in a tie with Tulane is if they beat Memphis, which would eliminate Memphis. Okay. Right. So basically, if Tulane wins, none of this matters. Right. So oh, now, Baltimore. after last week where everyone was kind of rooting for Temple to beat Houston, now everyone needs to return to favor and root for Houston to beat Tulane. Otherwise... And we'll know Friday because they play Thursday, correct? Correct. Where so, do they play? They're playing at Houston. Okay. okay. I, I was thinking maybe Memphis fans could send a, a contingent to wherever they're playing and, and like try to give... <laughs> If it was in, if it was in New Orleans, maybe Memphis could try to make home field advantage for for Houston down there. But. I mean, they did a good job when Memphis went to Tulane, creating one. But sadly, <laughs> that game is uh, in Houston. Right. So what's what's interesting to me, and it's just like what I said last week. I still think the hardest part of this whole scenario yeah. is Memphis winning out um, because SMU is playing really well. I saw an article online today, like this might be the biggest home game SMU's had in like a decade. Because they could they could win the West too, mm-hmm. um, and you know they've been playing a lot better lately, um, and it seems like they've been improving all season under Sonny Dykes. And then obviously you go into that game against Houston at the end of the year. Houston's shown that it's very capable. All of a sudden here they they get they rose up I think to number seventeen in the rankings, and then now have lost two straight. Seem to be falling apart, which is uh, interesting and kind of. You know, it seemed like last year. I remember when they hired Major Applewhite. My, you know, I was kind of leery of him, and it seemed like I was like, you know, maybe I was wrong. You know, maybe we, you know, maybe he is a pretty good coach. But the way they've kind of fallen apart here the last two weeks is very. I would, if I was a Houston man, I'd be very concerned, obviously. Um, and so you wonder what team will show up here to the Liberty Bowl uh, in two weeks, and what team will show up Thursday against Tulane. Um, but it strikes me. I, I, if I had to guess, Houston beats Tulane. Um, if I had to guess, um, which really obviously opens the door for Memphis. Have we? Have is there a? Is Houston still like? Do they still have a way to win the West? Now I'd have to look and see about that. But I think yeah. if I mean, if they win, if they beat, if Memphis beats SMU and Houston wins his last two, they would win. They would rise up. True. Yeah, because yeah, okay. they're tied. They're tied. So if Houston wins out, they're good. So basically. Everyone needs to win out to control their destiny. Houston yeah. only loses a tiebreaker to SMU at this point okay. because they still have to play Tulane and yeah. Memphis. Right. So there, there's still some some motivation for Houston to to play well. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No. So it's it's fascinating that this. I mean, honestly, like if we're being completely honest, it speaks to how poor the division is. For sure. To be quite honest, that yeah. me, that Memphis still has a shot at this. But as we've been saying all along, if Memphis can close this out with two more wins and get to the championship game. It total. I mean, the 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 whole way we look at this season is totally different. What it's a like, story! It's like you know this down year, a down year for Memphis football ends in potentially winning the whole whole dang thing because yeah. you know whether it's UCF or Cincinnati who they're facing. I mean, it's not like they wouldn't have no chance in that championship game right. if they won the, these next two. It'd show me that they're a lot better. You know, they've gotten a lot better. And they'd have a they'd have a fighter's chance even on the road and facing either of those teams. And we saw what they did against UCF 
yep. you know, a month ago or so. You know, they, they had UCF on the ropes like no one else has this season. I think if the chips fall Memphis's way um, the next two weeks, I think Memphis is the kind of team where you put them in a, in a winner-take-all scenario, all bets are off. I mean, they, they're the kind of team where I just feel like I just feel like all bets would be off. Like you, you can't, you can throw pretty much everything out the window. I mean, this is not a situation where if it was Memphis UCF or Memphis Cincinnati, where you could just write Memphis off. I mean, you know, they're capable of, of doing big things. They just haven't necessarily put it all together yet. Here's, here's the thing. Beating SMU, beating Houston would easily be Memphis's best wins year. And that's why I'm right. I put it on Twitter. I said, I don't want to really hear about these tiebreaker scenarios that much until I see them beat SMU mm-hmm. because that would easily be their best win. I mean, right now, arguably their best win is ECU on the road Yeah, all year. And that ECU is a, you know, team that might fire its coach is like, you know, two and seven, two and eight this right. year. Um, and that's probably their best win of the year. And so they're going to have to prove some things you know, that the Tulsa game this past week was encouraging in that the defense played much better, um, looked like a competent defense again. Um, and the offense, the past two games, has looked like it's really found an identity of sorts. And Brady White has looked really comfortable. Um, they're really getting all the backs involved. It's not just Daryl Henderson. There's there's more going on there. Um, they're keeping teams off balance, um, but obviously the defense played really well. But again, it was Tol- like I didn't think Tulsa looked very good at all this past weekend. Um, so I- I'm curious, Evan, what what have you liked about what the team has done the past two weeks? I, I think you you, you kind of hinted at it. The balance on offense. I think they've they've understood that they're not going to you know try to burn Daryl thirty times. They got Patrick Taylor. They're using him more. But what I like about how they're using him is they're spelling it around so that way guys can you know get chances with the ball. I like how they're spreading it around. Joey Magnifico has um, had had a big catch against ECU, had a touchdown on that great play where everyone rolled right, and then Brady threw it back left to to Magnifico, who was wide open. Um, I thought that was a great play. So for me, what I like is it's becoming more balanced. <clears throat> um, DeMonte Cox, he's starting to emerge more. So for me, I think what's key is something after the – whatever happened after the bye, they figured out they can – this is what they do. This is who they are. They don't need Brady to throw it around that much. Get the ball to the guys, play to his strengths, and then run the ball and do what Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor do best: grind teams out. So that's what I've been pretty, um, pretty impressed with offensively. When I think Brady is keeping defenses more honest, he's been better. Um, he's he's you know while he he didn't make the fatal mistakes previously, he's he's playing within himself and he's made some good throws over the past couple weeks. He's I don't think he's ever going to be the, the guy who just uncorks at 50 yards, but he is a guy who can he, – he's keeping the defenses honest. But I think the, the Tulsa game, the big difference was the defense looked very good. Um, and I don't know if that's just uh, – uh, you know you can attribute that to the fact that they're playing against Tulsa, but the defensive line, what, they have five sacks? Five sacks. They created some pressure up front. Um, the DBs looked pretty good, but again, that was the Tulsa team that doesn't really throw the ball very well. Yeah. You're going to get challenged a lot more by SMU. Um, who's their, what's their wide receiver's name? He's really good. James huh? Prochet. James Prochet. He, he, he diced up Michigan. Um, when mm-hmm. I saw them play at the beginning of the year, 
Um, I think he's a Bolitnikov semifinalist, if I'm not mistaken. He's very yes. good. Like last year, this team. What's interesting? Last year, this team SMU came to Memphis, and they had Cortland Sutton, who became a first round draft pick. Trey Quinn, who got drafted by the Redskins, he was Mister Irrelevant, the last pick, mm-hmm. but still a draft pick. And then Prochet was the third guy, and all of them were like on pace for a thousand yards at the time. And Memphis's secondary played really well in that SMU game here in here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, they really, you know, they got some stuff, but like really held, you know, did an admirable job. And and Memphis really kicked SMU's butt. Um, and they're gonna. I think it's you know it's not quite the same weaponry this year, but Sonny Dykes has a very explosive offense, and it seems like SMU has really you know, picked up on it over the last month or so. Um, and like I said, this is a huge game for that program too. So I'll be, I, it's going to be a fascinating game Friday night on uh, national TV. I think so too. And if I was a fan, I would enjoy Friday night, get warm, get comfortable. I know it's cold outside, but enjoy this game. Cause I think it'll be a fun one. Yeah. What it all boils down to though, is we can't, I mean, we have to us being, who we the media and stuff reporters we have to find all you know we have to map out all the scenarios but we can't let people lose sight of the fact that without a win on well I guess without a a Houston win on Thursday none of it matters it none of it matters Houston has to win on Thursday and Memphis has to win on Friday and then and then you move and then on you go to a, almost like a you know a, a, almost like a championship game, game before yeah playing game to yeah. the championship game yeah um so we'll see i'm curious to see what this team does in this type of moment um i got a gut feeling they're gonna step up i do i i feel like i don't know i just i i have a feeling that they're gonna step up i've been wrong like 19 times this year uh when i when i when i thought memphis was gonna zig they've all almost always zagged but I, I don't know. I just I, I have a gut feeling that this is going to be an exciting two weeks. It's a lot better than it was two weeks ago. I know. Right. We came I mean, up, we came off the bye. We were like, so how bad is this gonna get? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were I think we started talking about next year. <laughs> yeah, a little know. bit. Yeah. I mean it's hopefully they let's see let's see them pull it off. Like like I said, they're gonna have to play their best game of the year against SMU, and then they're going to have to play their best game of the year again against Houston. And then in order again, to do this, yeah. yeah well, one, let's just get to the let's get to the championship. We'll worry yeah. about the championship game once we get there. Yeah. Um. And so, and then you know, it's a big week for the conference too because UCF plays Cincinnati on Saturday. Game days in Orlando. Kirk Herbstreet's going to get like vegetables thrown at him by uh, by UCF fans. Um, UCF, I think, is now number 11 in the college football playoff rankings. It's the highest a group of five team has ever been in these college football playoffs. I know it's only been a few years of this, mm-hmm. but um, so things are starting to take shape. And uh, Evan will be in Dallas uh, for the game Friday night. He'll have all you need to know on commercialappeal.com. Um so, yeah, follow along with him. Till then, uh, we'll be back next week to break it all down. Hopefully, we'll be talking about this winner-take-all Black Friday game against Houston. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's for a championship spot. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. Thanks so much, and uh, stay warm. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. 
The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. I'm Kelly Testy, the president of the Law School Admission Council. We're working to make a legal education accessible for everyone. If you're thinking of applying to law school, the Law School Admission Council offers free LSAT prep tools, practice exams, and many other products and services to help you in your law school journey. Make a difference in the world. Visit www.discoverlaw.com today.